This podcast is brought to you by Seekers Hub. To listen to the rest of our shows, please visit seekershub.fm. You can also subscribe to our weekly email newsletter called Compass, where we'll send the best of Seekers Hub's content straight to your inbox every single week. To get on the list, visit seekershub.org slash compass. اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على سيدنا ونبينا وحبيبنا وقرة عيننا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وأتباعه إلى يوم الدين يا عباد الله أوصيكم ونفسي الخاطئة المذنبة بتقوى الله عز وجل فإن التقوى خير زاد لمن رغب في قرب الله وفي الوداد Alhamdulillah, one of the realities of this life that we neglect is the reality of death. Our life comes with an expiry date. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keeps reminding us of this basic reality throughout the Qur'an. In Surah Al-Mulk, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes himself And he's, and from that description is he tells us, "الَّذِي خَلَقَ الْمَوْتَ وَالْحَيَاةَ لِيَبْلُوَكُمْ." He is the one who has created death and life to try you. And there's multiple reasons why death is mentioned first. Amongst them, of course, is that people are neglectful of the reality of death. <coughs> yes. This life is from Allah, but death is also from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In the Arabic language, of course, the, the well for conjunction, the and, does not indicate order between two things. So yes, life comes first and then death, but death is mentioned first because you, you know you're alive, but you realize you're going to die. And the wisdom of that is mentioned, to try you, which of you is best in deeds. But then death has been mentioned as a metaphor throughout the Qur'an to reflect even when we see the green of the trees, right, that it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who gives life to the vegetation around us. And then you see it go green, but then then it starts yellowing. And it, and it falls and fades. But we see in all of this, the signs of its perishingness. And we've been called to reflect on death when it takes place around us. And in the last week, a number of distinguished giants of this ummah, great scholars of Islam have passed away. A very distinguished Chinese scholar. There's tens of millions of Chinese Muslims, he passed away. A very distinguished Indonesian scholar passed away. And then one of the, the foremost giants of Islamic scholarship, Murabit al-Hajj, passed away aged well over 100, some say over 110. He was a teacher of many a great scholar. Amongst them, our dearly beloved Sheikh Hamza Yusuf and others. And he passed away. 
And death is a point of reflection for the believer, both personally, both personally and collectively, because we have two levels of responsibility. And we should take, see the signs in the things that happen around us. First and foremost for ourselves, at our center in Mississauga, we had an elderly Syrian scholar who's based in the Hijaz, come by a couple of days ago. He said something beautiful, that when you hear the Qur'an, don't, or when you read it, don't think it's talking about others. He said there's only one person who's addressed by the Qur'an, it's you. When the Qur'an praises something or, or castigates something, when Allah praises or castigates something in the Qur'an, don't think, oh, it's about so-and-so. What is it saying to you? When things happen around you, the first person you're responsible for is you. Right? Not even before you start thinking about the collective responsibility, what do we have to do? Because it's easy when we say, well, we as a community need to do this and that. Yes, that is our responsibility. But the first responsibility is, what do I have to do? So if you think about it collectively, it becomes like the way I got away with a lot of my university courses. Which is, find courses where there's a lot of group work and be the popular slacker in it. Right? So you're the one who provides the food, and gets the people together, let others do the hard work. It's an easy skill to learn. That's the benefit of collaboration. You facilitate the collaboration, others do the work. And it's easy to think that way. Our community needs to do this and that. What, what is this saying to me? So when we see this reality of death around us, first begin with what is the sign in it? What is the lesson in it for me? Then, what is, what is my personal responsibility? Then, what is our collective responsibility? And then third, you look at what's going around more broadly. Because that's the context in which you act. You don't forget the context in which you act. There was the brutal attack on that Muslim father, the, the Muslim husband, right here in our city, a few days ago. Again, we have to look at, in that order, what is my responsibility? Right? So you take lessons from that. I need to be careful how I go about in society. Then what is our collective responsibility? Right? Not just as Muslims, but as neighbors, as, as others. That let's look at what we can do collectively. And third is broader things. Because saying, look at Islamophobia, what does that change? So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us that insight. But when we look at the death of the scholars, this is one of the most dangerous things that happens to believers. Why? It is through scholars that the gift of mercy, that is religion, that is Islam, that is the Qur'an, that is the reality of what was revealed 
to our Messenger comes to us. The preservation of the gift of faith and guidance and good is through living hearts. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes religion itself. The gift of revelation from which religion comes. He has revealed it to your heart so that you can be a warner to all the worlds. He has revealed it to your heart. And the container, the vessel for the life-giving water that is religion is living hearts. And their hearts that are large containers and each of us has a cup. Each of us has a cup. But where do we get that water from? For our own hearts. It comes by connecting to those repositories, to those vessels of prophetic guidance. So when a great scholar passes away, this is a time to really stop and reflect. Why? The Prophet ﷺ tells us in the hadith in Bukhari and elsewhere that Allah Most High does not lift this religion by just raising religion from the consciousness of people. And it, does, it doesn't just disappear. But rather, religion is lifted by the dying of scholars. Religion is lifted by the dying of scholars. Now you can say, oh well, I'm fine because you know we're doing okay as a family. Our community, we have a masjid and you know we're doing fine. But when you hear about the death of a scholar, the first question you have to ask, you pray for them, etc. But what is this saying about the life of religion in my own life? How is my point of connection to religion? How is my family's points, how are my family's points of connection to religion? And then, what, what, how are we doing collectively? And what am I doing as part of our collective responsibility with, the respect, with respect to the preservation of religion? Someone like Murabat al-Hajj, may Allah have mercy on him. He lived a life of knowledge and piety and virtue. He's a man who walked by foot from West Africa to Hajj and walked back. The people who relate from him mention that we never saw him waste a moment in his life between knowledge and, and remembrance of Allah and worship and recitation of Quran and teaching people, even teaching, despite being a teacher of teachers who taught eight, nine, ten generations of students. Even then, there are those who saw him in his 80s and 90s and older. There were little children who he was teaching the alphabet to. Teaching them how to read Alif, Ba, Ta, A, U, E. As an old elderly scholar scholars around the world, every, every inhabited continent has senior scholars who are students of his. 
But, so he's lived his life preparing for the afterlife. But the question is that where are we in that journey of life given the reality of death? What are the lessons when someone like that passes away? For me as an individual, for us as a family, for us as a community, and with respect to the collective responsibility towards the ummah. And that is the, the lesson of death. The Prophet said, Make much remembrance of the destroyer of all pleasures, of the extinguisher of all joy. Namely death. But reflecting on it is not just to say, I'm going to die, I'm going to die, or just go ooh and ah about what's coming. But rather, remembering death is to make the most of your life. Dear friend, make the most of your life. What is it that you present before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when you stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and each of us will stand alone before our Lord? Each of us will come on the day of resurrection alone at that moment. What, what is it that we pre present? We present a heart. Right? Everything else revolves around that heart. Right? Your success and failure are whether you have a pure heart or not. Where you have a healthy heart, whether you have an illuminated heart, you have a heart that was nourished through your devotion and through your being of benefits to creation. That's what you present to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when we see the signs of death and are reminded when scholars pass away, when people in our family pass away, when we look at the trees that, that are green and we reflect on what's going to happen to these just a few months from now, how far is the fall? We're reminded by everything of these basic realities. Right? Because everything around us is beautiful and marvelous. But as one of the great poems of Islamic beliefs, the Jawharat al-Tawheed, it says, فَانْظُرْ إِلَىٰ نَفْسِكَ ثُمَّ الْتَقِلِي لِلْعَالَمِ الْعُلْوِي ثُمَّ السُّفْلِي تَجِدْ بِهِ سُنْعًا بَدِيعَ الْحِكَمِ لَكِنْ بِهِ قَامَا دَلِيلُ الْعَدَمِ Look to yourself and then turn to the higher worlds and the lower worlds all that is around you, you'll find the creation of marvelous wisdom, of marvel and perfection. But in it, but in that beauty, that balance, that perfection of everything around us, in it is the proof of its nothingness, of its perishingness. Why? Because anything that can stop existing, anything that can perish, could not be eternal. And there are numerous signs in that. So we take heed. You present your heart to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. At the point of death, all that matters is this heart and what it contains, its health and its state. The day, the 
day of resurrection is a day when neither wealth nor offspring benefit one, except one who comes to Allah with a sound heart. With a sound heart. A heart that is a, has made good its relationship with Allah. And a heart that made good its relating to Allah's creation. Prophet ﷺ described the whole of the human being reduces down to the heart. Truly, in the whole body, there is a small piece which, if sound, the whole body is sound. Your whole reality is sound. Your relationship with Allah your relationship with your family, your relationship with friends, with community, with society, your life itself is sound. And if corrupted, the whole body, your whole reality is ruined. Truly it is the heart, said the Prophet right? So that is the reflection. Where am I in my relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So, how do we take heed from this reality, the reality of death, the reminder we take when the great pass away? One of the great early Muslims, Imam Ibrahim al-Khawas, who died in the year 291 after the Hijrah, so he's from the first three centuries of Islam, and one of the great, great righteous, who kept the company of some of the great scholars of both the outward and the spiritual sciences, whose biography is found in the great works of the biographies of the righteous inheritors of the Prophet Ibrahim al-Khawas mentions that that the medicine for the heart, the healing of hearts, is in five things. There are five things that if you bring into your life, you bring health and wellness and well-being into your heart and it'll make your relationship with Allah better because that's the first relationship it'll make your relationship with your family your spouse your children your relatives better it'll make your relationship with your friends your neighbors your community better it'll make your living better it'll make your work better It'll make you a person of benefit, both spiritual and worldly. And the servants most beloved to Allah are those of greatest benefit, as the Prophet said. The healing of hearts is in five things, he said. The first is Qira'atul Qur'ani bitadabbur, reciting the Qur'an with reflection. Reciting the Qur'an with reflection. This is the book of meaning and without it there's little meaning in your life all other words their meanings fade with the fading of this life the meanings that last and matter and which infuse all other thoughts with meanings is the Quran to recite it with reflection and bring that in to your life keep the Quran with you Keep the Qur'an with you. And in the moments of your life when you have a few moments, 
Don't just catch up on the news. Take some moments to, even if you recite two or three verses and just reflect on them, they'll bring consciousness into your life. Set aside some time in your morning and night to recite the Book of Allah and you'll find wellness in your life. That's the first. The second, he says, is khala'ul batn, is emptying out your stomach. The Prophet said, ما ملأ ابن آدم شرًا من بطن. The human being, the child of Adam, fills no container worse than a stomach. بحسب it is sufficient for a person to have a few small bites, a few small bites by which to keep their back straight, to have the strength to go about what you need in life. If you can't do with just that much, then a third for your food, and a third for your drink. And a third to be able to breathe. And a simple guideline for that is the scholar said that a third of your fill would be approximately half of what you normally would want to eat. Because normally you don't, most of us at least, normally we don't eat our fill. So a third of your fill, just going that extra, would be about half of what you'd normally want to eat. So if you'd have a plate full of food, take half. That's a sunnah. And that's a sunnah dispensation. You can get away with a lot more, uh, with a lot less than half of what you'd want. But that's harder. Keeping your stomach empty through fasting. And bring some fasting into your life. Keeping your stomach empty also of anything dubious. Anything dubious, be careful of where your food comes from, where you buy it from, the money with which you earn it. Because food is the fuel for actions. And if you fuel yourself with the harmful, then of course harmful actions will emerge. So take care of that. The third key to the health of the heart is waqiyamul layl and praying at night and the night starts from maghrib so any extra worship from maghrib onwards counts as qiyamul layl and it's even better after isha but get some extra devotion in your night anything one of the best things, if you're able to pray Isha in congregation, strive to do so. But get some night worship. The best of night worship, of course, is tahajjud. Is worship done after you've got to sleep. But even when you're not able to do that yet, add two rak'ahs for the sake of Allah or more. Any time in the night that, oh Allah, this is some qiyamul layl, some extra worship at night. And start to have no night that is without some extra worship for the sake of Allah. And that's key to the health of the heart. 
So the first was reciting the Qur'an with reflection. The second is to empty your stomach of excess and of harmful nourishment. The third is night worship. And Allah Most High calls out in the final thirds of the night that who is there to seek my forgiveness so I may forgive them? Who is there to ask me so I may grant them? Who is there to call upon me so I may respond to them? The Prophet ﷺ said, The closest the Lord is to the servant is in the final depths of the night. And this is not the closest the servant is to the Lord. The closest the Lord is to the servant. Because who is the, you know, the Rabb has, is an amazing name because Rabb has the meanings of majesty. He is your Lord. But Rabb is also your, your, the one who cares for you. The one who's, take, who's keeping you alive. Right? So it's one of the names of mercy with its majesty. The closest your caring Lord is to you is in the final depths of the night. So the Prophet ﷺ said, So whoever is able of you to be of those who remember Allah at that time, فَلْيَكُنْ Then let them be. And the words of the Prophet ﷺ are bursting with meaning. Then be. He doesn't say then be of them. Then be. It's as if those who don't pray in the depths of the night are bereft of spiritual life. Whoever is able to remember their Lord at that time, then be. So if, so to be or not to be, right? That is the question for us. The fourth is in those blessed times, in the sahab is to beseech Allah in the sahar time, in the in the pre-dawn time. The time when we have the sahur, the pre-dawn meal, that time to beseech Allah at that time, to ask Him for your needs, both spiritual and worldly. You're concerned about your relationship with Allah? Ask Him. Get up and ask. You're concerned about your family life? Get up and ask Allah. You're concerned about your career? You're concerned about what you're up to in life? Ask Allah and He will answer. It's a guarantee. At the roar to beseech Allah in the depths of the night. If you can't do it daily, bring it into your weekly schedule. Once a week, start and then build up. And finally, and this is critical, Mujalasatul Salihin, keeping the company of the righteous. Keeping the company of the righteous. Where do you find the righteous? Frequent the mosque and get to know people. Make it a weekly routine to attend gatherings of remembrance, gatherings of knowledge, and keep and bring into your social circles those who are righteous, those who care about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Strive to connect with those who are exemplars, who are people of higher concern, scholars and righteous people. Go visit them. Invite them over to your homes. Because these are keys. Because they serve as inspiration. This is how I should live. 
and benefit from them. So these are five keys to the health of the heart. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for hearts that are alive, that genuinely seek Him. Hearts that only exhibit good in our family life, in our social life, in our work, and in our concern for being true representatives of the Prophet true followers of the Prophet of being embodiments of mercy. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the all-merciful, facilitate these pathways of mercy for us and may He enable us to, to take heed from the reality of death and the loss of scholars. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen wa sallallahu wa sallam wa barak ala Sayyidina wa Nabina Muhammad lil qadr al-azim wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallama tasliman kathira So this reality of death the Prophet sallallahu told us to take heed from practically one of the ways to do that is to have some a moment of reflection upon death with each of our five obligatory prayers Reflect for death on the reality of death for a moment. And then ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for something that relates to the reality of death in your own life. What do you need to change? What do you need to do? What do you need to leave? Right? Just a moment. Right? Just a moment. With each of the five prayers. Moment. I'm going to die. So ask, there's much to ask Allah, but just ask for one thing. And bring that reflection upon death to other things like when you're in prostration. What do I ask for in prostration? Think about the fact you're going to die. And ask. Reflect upon death. Look at creation with the reality of its perishingness. Kullu man alayha fan. Everything upon the plane of existence is perishing. So look at it with the reality of its perishingness. But you too are creation. You too are perishing. And turn to Allah through that realization. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us of those who take heed, of those who respond to the call of Allah and of His Messenger when they call us to that which gives us true life may we leave the reality may we leave the the deadness of fleeting living and may he grant us the hayat and tayyiba the good life in this life before the next of those who are conscious with allah of those who are good with god spiritually and socially may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us meaning and purpose in our lives May He grant us a sense of urgency in our lives. May He manifest in our lives and in our families the reality of avidness for what benefits us, of complete trust in contentment and certitude in Allah. And may we take the means, the subul as-salam, the pathways to peace, serenity, and closeness that our beloved Messenger has shown us that remain embodied and preserved in those great scholars with whom we strive to connect. 
May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala send the best of His blessings and most perfect of His peace on the best of His creation, our beloved Messenger Muhammad, and upon his family, companions, and followers. We, we ask Allah that He grant mercy to the Ummah of the beloved Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam, that He preserve and protect the gifts of faith, guidance, and good in our own lives, and in our families, and in our communities, and in the Ummah of our beloved Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He return us our families and communities and the Ummah of the Beloved Messenger وسلم, back to the light of faith, guidance, beauty and good that is the example of the Prophet وسلم, and we ask Allah Most High that He not test us nor the Ummah of the Beloved Messenger وسلم, in our deen and that He grant us victory over our enemies from within and from without by His grace and by His mercy we ask Allah to preserve our parents and our teachers and our loved ones, our spouses and our offspring in faith, guidance and good. Thank you for listening to this Seekers Hub podcast. Our goal is to raise $75,000 in monthly donations to build a global Islamic seminary so that dedicated students all over the world can complete their journeys and become Islamic scholars. You can help them by becoming a monthly donor at seekershub.org slash donate.